Welcome to episode 37 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. You know, CK, my wife, and I for years have known that the only way you can truly be successful in the things that God has called you to do in life is if you have the ability to look at all of the relationships and the circumstances around you and to judge which ones are really holding you back. Today, I would like to share a clip from a message that I preached not too long ago called Get Ready to Pass Through. The reason for that is because I really believe that during this era, right now, January in 2022, that God is preparing us to pass through the obstacles, to pass through whatever it is that the enemy has raised up against us, to break strongholds. He's giving us keys. He's giving us empowerment so that we can pass through those things to fulfill our destiny. So listen to the clip, and I'll come back on the other side and pray for you. God wants me to tell you, get ready to pass through. Get ready to pass through. Already I've piqued your interest. But I want you to get ready to pass through. He will empower you. It'll unfold in just a minute as I share all that the Lord has dropped in my heart. But I want the impact of those words to actually hit you in the very core of your being and not come from any kind of psychological excitement or any form of misunderstanding or interpreting according to what you hope would happen, but what the Holy Spirit is doing. Let him hit you, reveal to you. Get ready to pass through. This is the time. Would you please turn with me to the fourth chapter of Luke? Probably everyone listening to me at this moment is experiencing many forms of obstacles in your life. You have been called by the Lord. You have been saved. You, you are the redeemed. You are the righteousness of God. You are glory carriers. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you realize who you are? You cannot look to people around you or circumstances in your life or what you experience in the natural realm in your everyday living and on your job or the things that you experience in the grocery store or what you may see on newscasts or anything else. They will not lead you and direct you to your true inheritance and to who Jesus Christ has created you to be. They will only keep you grounded and focused upon the things of the fleshly realm, the natural realm. But when I say that, I'm not talking about sin when I say flesh, although that I know that often in Scripture it's uh, used and congruent with that, you know. And, but it's, it's of the natural realm. It'll just keep you focused on the things that exist here rather than in the spiritual realm. Who are you? You are the redeemed. You carry God within you. You hold 
in your heart the power of the kingdom of heaven and the ability to release his purposes and his plans on the face of this earth. You release it through you. And it's not only your individual destiny, but it's also those things that he has for your family, for your community, for your nation. You, spiritually speaking, you are the most authoritative and powerful force. I'm talking about the body of Christ and the new creation that exists anywhere on and around this planet. You. Why should we operate in condemnation or fear? Why should we withhold or step back or doubt ourselves? God doesn't doubt us. He knows who he's created us to be. I want you to know that you have within you the power to pass through. In the fourth chapter of Luke, and again, you've been persecuted for your faith. You have obstacles. You have family and friends and circumstances that have doubted you. Condemned you. And the Lord wants you to know that regardless of those circumstances, He wants you to get ready to pass through. You are not going to be held up by family who doubts you. You are not going to be held back by friends who don't believe in you. We're all going forward together. And that's the message of the Lord today. When the Lord speaks a message by revelation of the Holy Spirit, because I've seen it in the Spirit. I saw it. I saw it open up. I'll, I'll talk about various scriptures and some things here. What in a minute but in the spirit I saw things open it was like the parting of the Red Sea and going forward but the things that I'm talking about now are not things that your flesh can handle they're not things that you have the natural ability and wisdom to overcome it's going to take something else. We're all going to go through, but it's going to take the Spirit. Your human spirit empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's all going to, it's all going to happen. So I want you to get ready. I want you to receive the revelation, the empowerment, the encouragement, and the word of the Lord today. Have I said it enough from so many different ways? You've got it. It's all within you. It's all within you. In Luke 4, beginning with verse 16, we find that Jesus comes to his own hometown. And look at this. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up 
And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, or the scroll, and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed upon him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Can you imagine that? Jesus was like you. Holy in this respect. That he spoke the truth of the scripture about who he was. What his mission was. He walked in his anointing. And he was rejected. Look at verse 22. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? In other words, where did he get the ability to say these things? To make these declarations, talk about himself, connect himself with God, and describe his mission... And operate in this kind of anointing or authority. This is Jesus. This guy grew up down the street. I babysitted him. When he was just a little tyke. I changed his diapers. Or yeah, I went to sabbatical school with him. We used to play in the dirt. Just down the street. I mean, I know his mother and his father. And of course, his father has passed away, Joseph, at this time. I know his family. Who does he think he is? Verse 23. And he said to them, You will surely say this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. In other words, prove yourself, Jesus. We really know who you are. You're not going to pull the wool over our eyes like you do the rest of the world. What you claim out there, the things that people say about you out there, and they think you're such hot stuff, they like you. We just haven't told them yet about you. Why don't you do that stuff here? Come on. Show us what you can do. The unbelief, the doubt, the contempt from those that knew him, from his family and friends, those that were around in his hometown. Many of you are being persecuted because of your stand for the Lord. Because of things that the Lord has shown you. And 
those people, I'm talking about family, friends, as well as others, they just, they want to take you down a notch. They want to prove to you that you're not who you really claim to be. You're not more important to them. And there's so much jealousy that's involved and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, family, man, I, for some reason, I'm led to really hit on family today. So we'll just stay with that for a while. But it, it also expands out to all other areas, you know, relationships, talking about friends and coworkers and on and on. Um, and they just doubt you. And they get so upset because what happens is for God to be able to use you has to shine the light on the fact that he isn't using them. There's nobody who is walking in the grace and in the glory of God in any full measure and just happy in Jesus that's going to persecute you that way. Because they understand what it's all about and they see Jesus on the inside of you. But if they don't see Jesus on the inside of you and don't recognize and honor what Jesus is doing through you, then they're standing in the way. Why do you think that Jesus turned to Simon Peter on that day and said, get behind me, Satan? Verse 24, then he said, assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. It's hard for people that know you to accept your destiny, your anointing. Some will, but it's hard for them too. But that doesn't denigrate, that doesn't minimize, that doesn't decrease what God's calling is on your life. Verse 25. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath, in the region of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. In other words, this prophet had to go outside of his area to be taken care of by a widow that didn't know him. Verse 27, And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Again, the same thing. Somebody who honored his ministry came to him, while the others that were around doubted him. 28, then all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were what? Filled with wrath. Filled with wrath. Why in the world would you be filled with wrath? They were offended. Remember something, when you're dealing with those who doubt you and your calling, there are two kinds of offense. There's offense given and there's offense taken. Jesus didn't give offense. He didn't stand up here and said, you're all a bunch of low lives and you don't know what you're talking about. He didn't say you're ugly and your mother dresses you funny. 
All he did is quote the scripture and say what the Holy Spirit told him to say. But they took offense. They received offense. They received the revelation of the Holy Spirit as an offense. They became angry. So they decided they had to do something about that. And it wasn't so much that they disliked Jesus as that their reaction was spawned by their own embarrassment of their relationship with God. And if they could accept you for who you are when everybody has these little things kind of hold up on the inside of them that they're holding against you. You know, things when you hurt their feelings or, you know, you get into families, family dynamics and different roles in a family and how that, you know, Jesus was the eldest, so he probably was, was firstborn and hero, so to speak. They wanted him to take care of them in so many ways, and, and so he left the carpentry business, I'm talking about his immediate family, and went off as out there preaching and doing these things, and how dare he? When we moved to Las Vegas in 2013, there were family members that were upset with us. They didn't want us to move. Now, I could go on and I could tell you a hundred or two hundred different stories about family. Uh, you know you have your own, don't you? Every, raise your hand. You got your own? Okay. All right. Everybody in the room and everybody out there. But the reason that they were upset is because my parents were elderly. And what had happened is that we relocated a few years back before that to uh, our home, to my hometown, and that's where I'd met CK and we married. Um, her parents had just moved there from another city. We married and then they moved back, so she wasn't really born and raised there, but that was my hometown. And my parents still lived there, and we had relocated there because they were getting very elderly, and we felt like it was time that we should, you know, take care of them. And, and help. And then the Spirit of the Lord spoke to us and said, move to Las Vegas. Well, who are you going to obey? All right. So I went and talked to my parents about it. And I said, Mom and Dad, um, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to us and said, move to Las Vegas. And I just wanted to talk to you about it. And my dad looked at me, great prophet of God. He looked at me and he said, if the Lord spoke to you, don't you dare disobey the Lord. And I said, but we want to, we moved here to help take care of you at this time in your life. And he said, don't you worry about us. God has always taken care of us. And my mom, she's one of those faith-filled people. I mean, you know what? She'll get you saved with the Holy Spirit and healed whether you want it or not. <laughs> I, you know, that's just the kind of lady she was. Um, and they both. Just, and, and, you know, they were, they were in their mid-80s at the time. And they said, go. And then Dad looked at C.K. and I, and he saw an open vision, and he began to describe the vision. And uh, I won't get into that, but he said, you go. 
Because what I see before you is so big. You have to obey God. Because if you obey God, you'll not only honor Him, but you'll honor us. That's what we want for you. So we moved, and family members got upset. And one of the, just some of them, because it meant they might have to do more than their fair share in taking care of my parents since we moved. They wanted us to do it all. You know, I was kind of the hero of the family in a lot of sense. Um, and believe it or not, the clown. <laughs> you occasionally see some of those things, clown coming out through me. But I was quite the clown growing up. Praise God. But at any rate, um, we know what it's like when, for whatever reason, people get upset. And they challenged us. Don't you dare move. And, and this one nephew um, lived in another state in a large city because of his job. And he wrote me a nice email. Well, it wasn't nice. He, <laughs> he wrote me an email and he said, all you're doing is moving there for ministry. You can do ministry in your hometown. And I said, no, I can't. I got to obey the Lord. I said, why don't you move back there and take care of him? And he said, I can't because I have to be here for my job. My job, there is no job there. In my profession, what I do, I have to be in the big city in order to do this. And I said, so what about me? Isn't it the same? Because the Lord spoke to me and he, in uh, the early part of that year when he was dealing with us about moving and he specifically spoke, he spoke these words and he said, what I've called you to do cannot be accomplished here. This community, this location, the dynamics, the things that are going on, the family situations, everything will not support what I've called you to do. Moved to Las Vegas. So I said, okay. And we did. And so we all have those stories. We all know what it's like when people around us don't believe in us. Well, they got angry with Jesus. Verse 29. And they rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built. They led him to the place that was the foundation of their city, of their families, of their belief structures. And attempted to use that very foundation to destroy him. There are so many of you. Now, I know I'm hitting it hard today, but it's because Jesus made me. It's because the Holy Spirit said, get ready to pass through. There are many of you, probably every single person, 
that are facing the foundation of your city, your relationships, your family, your friend structures, the things that you have been involved in all of your life up until now. And at this particular point, the enemy will use them to kill you. When I say kill, I'm not so much saying put you in the ground as kill your destiny. Turn the life off in your, the lights off in your heart. Try to call you back. Use those family trances. All the trance words, all of the sweet stuff, all get back into your family role. Get back into this, you know, friendship in a way that we used to, you know, when we grew up together. Get back into all of this, and they try to control and force you back into that mold because they doubt what Jesus Christ is doing on the inside of you. And they use the brow of the foundation of the city. To try to throw you off and kill that dissenting voice that will not say, yes sir, yes ma'am, I come back in line. Look at verse 30. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. <laughs> oh, don't you love that? Then passing through the midst of them, there he was on the brow of that hill, the foundation of their city, the foundation of their relational dynamics, foundation of the family, the foundation of all of those things that want to just keep you in your place. And he turned and he passed through. Now, if they drove him out of the synagogue and took him up to this place, it was not by saying, Hey, Jesus, we got something we want to show you. Would you follow us here? They forcibly took him there. Why, at that particular moment, when they were so set on his destruction and forcibly had moved him to that point, did they just suddenly part? I'm telling you because something came on Jesus and it rose up and every single one of them detected something. And that was the anointing of the living God and the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were dumbfounded and they were to some sense paralyzed and didn't know what to do and Jesus just turned he rejected their attempt to destroy him and he passed through the Holy Spirit came upon me and he told me to deliver this message to you and tell you get ready to pass through you are going to pass through there is an anointing upon you to pass through and like Jesus fulfill your mission your destiny who Jesus is in you 
And it may be hard, and that's why I said in the beginning, these are things that your flesh can't handle. Because you'll remember all of your love and affection for mama. You'll remember how much you care about your brothers and sisters. You'll remember in the natural realm about your friends down the street. You'll remember about the plans that all these people had for you. And you'll want to keep them happy. You'll want to please them. And it'll put a draw on you in a way, on your flesh, on your bodies, your mind, your history, your memories, to just stay. Don't rock the boat. Be happy. We got it all figured out for you. But you know in your heart, because your heart burns with the passion of God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus on the inside of you. They keep calling to you and saying, rise up and be who we created you to be and do what we have called you to do. There's a grace on your life and the Most High lives on the inside of you and He will carry you forward. There's so much that you need to do for Him. And not only just for Him, but for yourself. Do you realize that there is no greater happiness than being in the place that God has called you to? Being in your ministry. In Ephesians, Paul told that church that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and releases your innermost being and personality. Interesting. You don't have to be conformed to any kind of preset requirements or what other people say. I'm not talking about being... Now I'm struggling for the right word. You can love them But you don't have to conform to their will. Conform to Jesus. Because that's where the true happiness is. When your personality, when your heart, when all of your being and your personhood is lined up with the will of heaven, then that's where you find the kind of impact that you wish to make in life on people that are around you, where your ministry flourishes, and where you have the greatest fulfillment. That fulfillment is absolutely necessary. Jesus, on the one day when he was ministering, they went to Samaria, the city of Samaria. And the disciples went into the city to buy lunch, because it was midday, it was noon. And while they were gone, Jesus ministers to this woman of Samaria at the well. She comes out because she's a sinner. She isn't a disciple yet, but she becomes one real quick. And she doesn't come out in the morning when all the other women draw water because she's ostracized. Jesus tells her that you've been married five times and the man that you're living with right now isn't even your husband. And she said, how do you know it? And she recognizes. And, and the Holy Spirit's there. 
And she quickly becomes a disciple and she realizes the power of God and that this is Jesus. And she runs back to the city to tell everybody she knows that the Messiah is here. The disciples come back. And Jesus says, well, I'm not hungry now. And they said, what do you mean you're not hungry now? And he says, because I have meat that you know not of. The fulfillment that comes from being in that place that God has for you. There's nothing like it. The taste is so sweet. It goes down into your innermost belly. And it nourishes you. You need to be who God created you to be. You need to fulfill what God has called you to do. But you've got to pass through. Jesus had to make the decision at that particular moment that he was going to turn. That he was going to reject those calls, those tugs, those emotional, those familial, those situations in life. He appreciated them. He didn't say you're worthless. He loved those friends. He loved his family. But he loved the will of God more. You know, it's like that one time when he was teaching in the house and it was packed out and people were outside the house and Mary and his brothers came to get him because they thought that he had gone crazy. They thought it had all gone to his head. He's out there ministering. Now, he forgot who he was. Thank God. <laughs> they literally thought, and the scripture declares, that they thought he was having some kind of a mental breakdown. He'd gone off his rocker. He forgot who he was. So they came to get him and take him home. So he had quit stirring up so many problems. They didn't even make it to the house because there were too many people. And so they sent word. And the messenger came. It kind of got to him. Your mother and your brothers are outside. They want you to come. And he said, who are my mother? And my father and my brothers. And he said, you guys are. He wasn't saying... I don't respect them anymore. He was saying, I'm here to do the will of the Father. And that's the same with you. So sometimes what we have to do is pass through. Pass through. There's a supernatural anointing right now upon you. And the Holy Spirit told me to tell you. That he is working right now to empower you to pass through those situations because he needs you to be who he's created you to be so that you can do what he's called you to do. He wants you to do that. Be wise in how you do it, but do it. Jesus didn't pick up a stick on this occasion. There was two other occasions he made a scourge, a whip, out of some things that were lying around, some ropes and stuff when he was in the temple and drove the money changers out of the temple. He wasn't against doing that, but he didn't have to do this at this particular point. He didn't beat them. He just stood in who he was. 
loved them, and passed through. Did you catch the anointing on that? Did the Holy Spirit begin revealing to you situations, people, relationships, circumstances in your life where you had just haven't had the ability in your own flesh, your own natural means to push through? It's time. It's time for you to rise up and to pass through. And I pray for that in the name of Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit would bring revelation to you now and that it would break off any false responsibilities that you would have to things in life that would hold you back. Now, I'm telling you, you must walk in love. You got to stay out of strife. You have to operate in the power of God with the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. You know, be Christ-like in all ways. But Jesus didn't allow people to hold him back. It's time for your deliverance and your healing. And so I pray for that healing and for that boldness of the Holy Spirit to rise up so that you can pass through. I also pray for physical healing in your body. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke and cast out any form of sickness that may be there, and I release the anointing of God to touch and to strengthen you. I pray for your finances. I pray for covenant fulfillment in your life in every area. In Jesus' blessed name. Join me in future episodes by subscribing to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast platform. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in your spiritual authority. God bless.